Welcome to the Real Raw You podcast. I'm your host, Katie Duda, a certified nutrition and digestive health coach, sharing with you how to navigate the noisy wellness world that exists today by cutting through it with an anti-diet, science-backed approach. I use my experience of overcoming a long battle with anorexia to now educate and empower you to step into your full potential. I share approachable tips both on and off the plate for how to fuel your body, mind, and spirit with nourishing choices so that you can finally have the energy, clarity, and confidence you desire, but have been unable to achieve it in this ever-confusing and ever-changing diet-focused culture. I'm so honored that you're here. Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome. It's so good to be back. It's been a few weeks and I have been feeling, quite honestly, a little bit uninspired and pretty overwhelmed lately with life and just needed to kind of step back in the cadence in which I come on here and um, just reorganize my life. And there's been a lot, a lot happening. And I'll share more with you guys on that in just a bit. But the reason why I wanted to come on today was because I think that a lot of people will find the ability to resonate with this message and what I've been going through mentally the past, call it two months or so, and feeling uh, inadequate, unworthy. And I don't say that for pity. I say that because I think we all deal with those demons from time to time where the devil tries to creep in and tell us that we're not good enough and what we have to offer to this world is already being done. It's already it's already seen success from millions of other people. And so why are we different? And why would, why do we deserve that? Right. I, I struggle a lot with the feeling that I deserve success and that I'm capable and adequate to be able to receive success, whatever that looks like. Um, and I've especially been struggling with feeling, um, like enough, lately and especially in the health and wellness space where it can become pretty saturated and uh, there's millions of people out there with podcasts that have millions of downloads and we're, you know, we have great um, resources at our fingertips with the blessing of technology, but it also can be a curse in that we are now kind of ruled and dictated by these metrics that loom over us that determine, quote unquote, our success. And so it can become incredibly overwhelming and paralyzing at times to actually hold hold you back from just taking action and living your life. And I've definitely gotten caught up in that. And so my hope is, is that this message really just is a real honest chat around one, how I've been feeling, and two, giving you some practical tips that I have been finding very useful over these past couple of months with a lot of really big weighing decisions as a family that we've been praying through and deciding what is best. And I've just been so overwhelmed in so many facets that I've implemented these kind of tried and true techniques that have really helped me manage my anxiety. And so if you're struggling and you're feeling like life has been too much, you're super overwhelmed, you feel like your health is deteriorating, you just need a moment to pause and know that you're not alone, this message and this episode is going to be for you. 
So like I mentioned, I've been feeling pretty uninspired and I think it's because it really comes and boils down to the fact that I feel that I, you know, have covered so much on my podcast, like what more do I have to share? Um, And really when you dive down and peel back the layers of the onion further, it really comes down to just not feeling like enough and not good enough. And the the fear of failing has always been something that has lived with me since a child and really having this perfectionism attitude and achievement culture. And really it has paralyzed me and from taking action and, and taking leaps in fa- of faith in my life in a lot of realms because I'm, I'm scared to fail. And so I think that's really what it boils down to of me not wanting to put content out or not wanting to, you know, go all in on something. It's because I fear that I'm going to fail, which is so silly because, you know, when you really look back, it's like, well, what does failure actually mean? Because I think if I were to be telling my, a friend, someone in my position, and it if I were to be talking to a friend, aka me, I would say the only failing option is just to not do it at all. That's failing. It's by simply not doing, right? And so it's very different when you can flip the script and say, okay, how would I respond in my situation to a friend if my friend was going through this? And to give yourself that compassion, that singing lens and be that friend to yourself that you would be to somebody else. And that's really helped, you know, put things into a realistic perspective, not to over-dramatize or get too complicated and just say, like, this is fact of the matter. This is what I would do with a friend. And we've had some pretty big life decisions that we've been wrestling with over the last, call it, two months. And it seems like one day we're on one train and the next we're completely swinging the pendulum and we're back to ground zero. And there's so many intricacies that come now with having Leo, our son, and of course we have two dogs. So anytime it's talking about a move, you know, you're, we're not just thinking about ourselves anymore. And of course, you know, I also have a full-time job that is super demanding and um, I'm so grateful for it, but it definitely um, has become a lot lately. So uh, I've just really noticed that Satan has been trying to throw me off my game. He's gotten in my head very loud telling me these, you know, malicious thoughts of not being good enough and others are doing it better. And maybe you can relate to that. And I just want to share this with you because as hard as it is for me to be open and raw and vulnerable right now and talking about my current struggles and what I'm struggling with with you, I do so because I know that there's someone else out there who's struggling with this feeling of inadequacy and not being worthy. And Um, You know, maybe being feeling like you're defined by these metrics, whether it's the number on a scale or the amount of calories that you've burned or consumed or money you make or followers you have, right? There's so many quote unquote external metrics that try to validate and justify our, uh, our worthiness when in reality, it, all of that is just fictitious. It's not, it is not a godly um, desire of his. It is a worldly desire that the more we chase those things, the more empty we actually end up feeling. 
And chasing those things always comes at a sacrifice and a cost. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, what is it that you're really trying to chase? Because it's really never about the weight loss or the calories. It's about something else. And so no matter how much, until you come to terms with what it is that you're actually chasing after and realize that you're not going to get there by how you think, meaning losing the weight or having control over how many calories you're burning, because that's never going to be enough. It's never going to actually satisfy the soul of what it's truly longing for. Let me give you an example. So, and this is a little off topic, so bear with me, but I think it's relevant. So when I was going through my eating disorder and like my darkest days, I was chasing a number on a scale and I didn't have a reason for the number. I just felt like it was a goal and I set my goal and I wanted, I was hell bent on hitting that number. And so what it, it started out as, as, you know, a certain weight, then I would, I quickly, you know, got to that weight. And I didn't feel any different like I thought I was. You know, I was so focused. Everything else in my life was shut out and I was just laser focused on everything I would do, eat, wake, sleep, breathe, was thinking about how I could get to that number. I got to the number and then what happened? I set a new number. And then I got to that number and I set a new number and a new number to the point where I was almost 80 pounds, five foot nine, 20 years old, and almost died. No idea how I got there. All I was doing was having what I thought was a ambitious, harmless goal of achieving weight loss that I thought everybody in society that was interested in weight loss did. They just had a target weight that they were trying to go after. But the thing is, see what I'm saying, my friends, is that every time I hit that goal weight, I had to set a new weight and a new weight because it never filled the soul the way I thought it would. And when I went through recovery and therapy and really got down to the the core of what that weight loss represented to me, it was control because I felt that I had no control or power or really anything over my life that was being run by my family and other people's opinions in society that I didn't have any idea what I wanted in life. And so the thing that I, one thing that I could control was my weight. And so I'm not saying that that example is you. I'm just giving you my, my own experience and saying that these metrics that society tries to tell us warrant and deem success and validation are a hundred percent cosmetic and they are not godly metrics and they will never satisfy the soul and what you're truly trying to achieve. So get really honest with yourself on whatever it is that you're fixated on that you think is going to bring you unlock happiness, um, unlock freedom, unlock money, whatever you think, um, and really uncover what it is that you're actually going after. And so all this to say, we are human and we are constantly bombarded by these metrics. And so at times I catch myself straying off the beaten path of what I thought I was so rock solid in my foundation and faith of not following these metrics. And I do from time to time beat myself up over it of like where I think I should be with clients or 
you know, business should be X, you know, we all get caught up in that. So I want to recognize that and take a moment to, if you're, you know, please don't beat yourself up. This is human behavior. And this is why we um, are human. We are constantly evolving. We're constantly learning. We're falling and we're getting back up and we're, we're starting over. So Caught myself just getting pretty caught up in the metrics and really just um, had to get honest with what it, you know, taking some time back and getting clear with what it is that's really bothering me. Um, and so I I hope that by me sharing this story and where I'm currently struggling, I do hope that it's it's helpful for someone who maybe is on the other end who's also going through some same thought patterns and just to give you that reassurance that you know, if this is the message that you needed to hear today, um, I, I just want you to know that you are worthy and you are seen and whatever it is that you have desires and dreams to do, you need to go out and do them. The world needs to hear and see what you have to offer my friend. And so I want you to stop believing those lies. I want you to recognize that what you're believing right now is not true. And the way to really like from a realistic perspective, just ground yourself in that and free yourself from feeling so um, paralyzed from that vicious cycle of that negative thought pattern is to actually say whatever it is that you're struggling with believing, i.e. not worthy, write down on a piece of paper any reasons that are valid, real truths that have that can prove that and and actually prove your point of what you're believing to be true. So if you're thinking that you're not worthy, write down on a piece of paper, where are some real examples that have recently happened that have proven that you're not worthy? And most times the things that you're going to write down are in fact all made up, things that you think have happened or will happen or that somebody said, they're not fact-based. So if you're struggling with really wondering, is this a truth or a lie that I'm telling myself and believing? Just, you know, stop the the mind cycle, ground yourself with a piece of paper and actually put out truth and lies, put the, the statement above what you're believing to be true and that it's paralyzing you from taking action towards your goals and dreams. Write down any evidence that you have that would either dispel or prove that statement to be true and then you can ask a second opinion. You can ask a friend, a significant other, a family member to look at this piece of paper and validate if what you've put on here is actually true and fact-based. That's oftentimes, my friend, enough for you to realize, wow, I have really gone deep into believing this terrible lie about myself and my worthiness that I don't even know where it stems from, but I've believed it enough to just hold me back and have me feeling in this purgatory, not taking action, staying in, stuck in my same life that I I know I'm better suited for a different life, different habits, different lifestyle, different circle of friends, different job, different career, whatever it is that you keep feeling like you're in this self-perpetuating cycle, you need to break it. And you need to do that by grounding yourself with the truth that what you're believing is likely not true. It is Satan trying to press into your insecurities and there is no evidence out there that exists, my friend, supporting that lie. So I want you to 
have this episode be the kick in the ass that you need to remind you that the world needs what you have. And I want the full out version of you too. None of this plain small. I want you to stop believing the lies that the devil is trying to tell you. Those are true lies. And ask yourself, what is it that you want in life, right? When you think about this one life that we get and how fast it goes by, when your time is up, are you right now with the way you're living your life going to have regrets? If the answer is yes, then I want you to ask yourself, what are you going to do? You know, just even small, subtle things. They don't have to be these revolutionary changes in your life, a new career, starting a business, cross-country move. I mean, it doesn't have to be that extreme, right? It can be as simple as starting to honor the promises that you make to yourself rather than just to everybody else. But what about following through on the promises that you make on a daily basis to yourself or when you're feeling really inspired during a workout or maybe on Sundays for the week, you have all these great ambitions. And then by the end of the week, you realize you didn't do any of them. You know, it starts with the little things too. And then I want you to ask yourself, you know, what are you going to do to change that, to start living your life on your terms towards your goals and dreams, sharing with the world what you have and start making little micro action steps towards those goals and dreams to start taking action. There has never been a more perfect time than there is right now, my friend, despite how untrue that might seem with craziness that might be going on in your world. I can relate. But the thing is, is that the brain is designed to protect us. And this is what I've learned. It is literally designed to protect us in any sense of unfamiliarity or change, it's not going to love. It loves comfort. It loves our day-to-day. It loves those same thought patterns that you've thought about. And when it realizes that you're trying to change, it's going to send signals of fear. And then that little chatter and that little voice in your head will start to tell you all the reasons as to why what you're thinking about doing is completely ludicrous and wrong. Just know it's your way, it's your brain's crazy way of trying to protect you and it's normal. So whatever resistance that you're feeling, I want you to honor it. I want you to do that thing that you're scared to do, whatever it is, big or small. And of course, the things are going to propel you right towards those goals and dreams. So on a side note, because I know some of you are going to ask and it's starting to get more and more difficult to hide because I'm so open and honest with you guys and I've been keeping this secret for quite some time, what feels like an eternity, Um, but I'm going to share it with exclusively with my newsletter subscribers and I'm going to be sharing that out later this week on a big family decision that we've recently made. and the thought process behind all of it. And so I'm going to be sharing that out uh, later this week. So I'm going to put in the show notes below, if you're on the email list, how to get on. If you're not, I send one newsletter a week. If you like my podcast, you're going to love my newsletters. A lot of times it's talking about a shorter version of the podcast and email. I send free recipes. I send free tips and tricks with cutting edge science and, um, you know, anti-diet backed approach to help you lose weight and feel healthier. And 
I'm really excited. I'm nervous, but I'm I'm excited to share it. So I will go ahead and link that up into the show notes below. And then last but not least, of course, I want to leave you with some practical tips to help you with. If you made it this far, that means you're definitely resonating with this message, which means you could utilize and benefit from some anxiety-reducing techniques. And so I've started doing these things not every day, but I'm definitely becoming more mindful of them because my anxiety and overwhelm has been very heightened over the past two months, and um, these have helped me. So the first one is to stop multitasking. This is such a difficult one for me because I feel like I am pulled in a million different directions at all times between all the hats that I wear and... I find that I think that I can be more productive when I have a million browser tabs open and I'm half talking to my husband, half, you know, checking up on Instagram, Instacart or putting a prime order in now or scrolling Instagram, I have to get that post out or I'm having a great idea for a a blog post or something. And the reality is, is that it just makes me feel more depleted and more overwhelmed. And we actually end up, we know this by the research, we don't end up getting more done. We feel more burnt out and more spread thin. And so, you know, really making sure that you're intentional around calendar blocking and doing what you say you're going to do in that blocked time. So if it's email time, you know, blocking that time from X to X and you're just cleaning up your emails and then exiting out of your emails and getting work time done, right? Like having actual focus time for work projects and even going as far as I found helpful to put the projects that you're working on in your calendar. If it's in your calendar, you will do it. Putting blocks on for lunch and at lunch and breakfast and dinner, there's no technology or distractions. That is time for meals time. I think you'll find that to be really helpful as I have of just really blocking your calendar for everything that you do. It might seem like overkill, but if there's no plan in place, I find that then nothing gets done and you end up just scrolling or opening a bunch of tabs or reacting to your email all day and you end up not actually even really moving the needle much on your actual work. So hope that helps. And just a reminder too, multitasking really ends up leaving us more overwhelmed. On that note, similarly, I have implemented the rule of no technology of cell phones or work past 8 p.m. on most nights if I can. Doesn't always happen if Leo's bedtime doesn't go as planned, which happens more often than you think with a baby, of course. They're unpredictable, but I try to strive for no technology past 8 p.m. and really just focusing on giving my brain and my body time to decompress from all the stimulation that it has during the day with the crazy demands of what we have on our plates. We have so much right between work and social media and, you know, just working in a confined environment and it's just a lot. And so our brains and our bodies, quite honestly, were never designed to be this stimulated. And a lot of chronic disease is starting, the science is starting to surface around the detriments of technology, overstimulation, and blue light damage to the body. So I'm trying to implement that rule as well as no technology before 8 a.m., So I'm definitely waking around the sun at like 6 a.m., but then I'm using that time to really just be quiet with myself, with my husband, with Leo, 
and get some me time in if I can. Get a workout in, have my water, journal, ground, and 8 a.m. comes before you know it. And once you start doing this for a few days, it really doesn't seem so scary and you really don't miss much and you gain so much more in return with that time with yourself. Tip number three is honoring one promise that I make to myself each and every day. I think I'm so good at making sure I fulfill other people's promises and worrying about how to manage everyone in the room's emotions except my own. And for me, it's been really critical. I notice a massive mood change when I do exercise and then on the days that I don't. And I used to be such an all or nothing type person, meaning if I didn't get like a full 45 minute workout in, it really just didn't count as a workout. And now it's even if I can get 25 minutes on my mat or a quick couple mile walk in, or if I have to take a work call walk, um, I have to get moving every single morning because I'm so much better off the rest of the day. I'm a better spouse. I'm a better mom. I'm a better coworker and I'm a better health coach to my clients. And so that's the promise that I make and I follow through with that every single day, come hell or high water, and it really does make a difference. My last tip is to ask myself when I'm starting to notice that I'm spiraling out of control of worrying and sitting in this worry cloud, is I really ask myself, is what I'm worrying about productive or if, if worrying is going to – is worrying about the situation going to prompt me to take action that would be productive or is no matter how, off, how much I worry about the situation, it's not going to change the outcome? That is the difference between productive worrying because worrying sometimes, my friends, can be productive if it prompts you to take action towards something that you've been – needing to do that will better an outcome and change the situation. But oftentimes we worry about things that we have no control over, or we just have to wait and see how it plays out and then deal with it as it comes. And so worrying about a situation in that perpetual cycle oftentimes just leaves us feeling more anxious. So those are my tips that I have for you. Tip number one, stop multitasking. Number two, no technology past eight p.m. or before 8 a.m. Three, honor one promise to yourself for yourself that you are going to make and follow through every single day. And four, ask yourself when you're worrying, is it productive worrying or non-productive worrying? Will it change the situation by worrying to prompt you to take action that will actually yield a better result? That helps ground you in the presence and helps you keeping, helps keep, keep you thinking logically. My friends, that is all I have for you today. I really appreciate you listening to this episode and from you allowing me a safe, vulnerable space. I hope that this message resonated with someone who needed to hear this raw and honest truth. And finally, of course, make sure to sign up for my email that it will be going out on Friday to share some exciting news. I will catch you guys same time, same place in two weeks, and I'm sending you guys so much love. Bye for now.